<laughs> What's up, loves? It's your girl, Jerry Alicia. And your girl, Alicia J. What's up? And of course, this is the Journey to Motherhood podcast. So, y'all, I miss y'all for real, for real. Like, we really miss y'all. We took like a whole month off, like the whole no- month yeah. of November. Y'all did not hear from us at all. Me and Alicia right. both had going on at the same time and recording was literally impossible but it is December and we're back okay what's up y'all know how we do what's up y'all so listen we just gonna get right into it today uh today I want to talk about Hannah a little bit so if you're on a journey to motherhood you know the story of Hannah let's just be real everybody knows the story of Hannah everybody loves the story of Hannah because it's so encouraging but earlier today when I was sitting down and I was like Lord what are we gonna talk about on this podcast episode we haven't been together in like a whole month I don't know what we're gonna talk right. about and so right. he reminded me of the story of Hannah, but he didn't do it in the way that we usually see the story of Hannah. It was a little different. Um, so I'm going to kind of break that down, but I'm just going to read um, the first part of First Samuel so that even if you don't know the full story of Hannah, you can kind of get where I'm coming from. So First Samuel chapter one, there was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuth in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuth of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. And y'all, this is from the New Living Translation version. Uh, Verse three. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days of Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice per- portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah, taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Now, I know y'all can relate to that sometimes, but we're going to get there. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? So I just want to clarify for for a little bit. Um, In the New Living Translation where it says, and though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion. He was actually talking about giving only one choice portion to Penina. Um, In other versions, it says that he gave Hannah a double portion. So he loved Hannah more than Penina. So he gave Hannah more because Hannah couldn't conceive. So I just wanted to clarify that um, really quickly. So when I read this today, I kind of, in my head, did a modern take on this whole thing with social media. Because a lot of us, you know, we're we're Hannah in the story, whether it's back then or now. We're Hannah in the story, and it just is what it is. And so even though back then, Penina literally taunted Hannah, some of us are in such a headspace where we feel like the social media posts are taunting us. 
And so in this mm-hmm. scenario, in my head, this, this is all happening in my head, y'all. In this scenario, I imagine that Penina was was equivalent to the social media post, the, the, the oh, we're having a baby Christmas post, or, oh, I'm mm-hmm. pregnant, or, oh, it's month six, and this is how much my baby weighs, and this is what my baby looks like in my stomach. That stuff taunts us now. And so when I was reading this in my head, I was like, oh, Lord, what, what, wait a minute. I need, I need to break this down. And so while I was reading, uh, I went a little bit further. And in the text, when it says, why are you crying, Hannah? Why aren't you eating? I, I, I related to that so much because the depression behind infertility will make you not want to eat, even though we need to eat to survive. Uh, which is crazy because we need to eat to survive. And if we're on fertility meds or whatever our journey is, eating is very essential. But let's be honest. Let's be honest. When we're going through this stuff, we don't really want to eat like that. Like we be depressed or we either don't want to eat at all or we want to eat all the wrong stuff. Like we do like the the depression eating, uh, the binge binge eating is what I'm trying to say. All of that. And so this like this emotional eating. There you go. go. Emotional eating. And so. We'll do either do one extreme or another. And in this case, Hannah did the no eating extreme. And so it goes further to say her her husband Elkanah was like, why aren't you eating? Why are you so downhearted just because you have no children? You have meat. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? Now, this is the part where I had to repent because I literally imagined the Lord saying that to us. Yes, girl. I I literally imagine God saying, why are you so sad? Have I not been faithful? Yes. I literally imagine me and God having this, you know, encounter, having this conversation and the Lord saying, why don't you believe me? Have I not done it before? Have I not come through for you before? Have I not been faithful? So I literally imagine me and the Lord having this real conversation, uh, uh, but me inserting myself in Hannah's story. And so I think mm-hmm. we have to realize that no matter what this journey looks like, God is faithful. Amen. And I think the takeaway from Hannah's story is that God is faithful. That's literally the whole takeaway. And mm-hmm. so even though the social media uh, posts are taunting us, even though our friends and family members are pregnant and even though they got kids and we don't, but you know, we imagine this whole scenario in our heads that you and your best friend, we're going to get pregnant at the same time. Your kids are going to grow up together and all this stuff, which is great. However, we have kind of made our perception in our head, our God, we we've made it an idol. Because we're so focused on that, that God is like, but what about me, though? What about Mm -hmm. all that I have done? Mm -hmm. What about all the times that I came through for you? What about how I healed you of the disease? What about all the times that I forgave you? What about all this stuff? But we're so focused on what we don't have. Mm -hmm. Y'all, when I had this kind of, I was like, oh, I was just like, Lord. I'm so sorry. Like, Lord, forgive us because we've been so focused on the wrong thing. 
And I want to clarify, clarify, there is nothing wrong with wanting a baby. Nothing wrong with it at all. That's actually a desire that God put in our hearts. Because some folks don't want children. Mm -hmm. They are absolutely okay with that. And that's good for them. And and I don't mean that in a snarky way, but that's, you know, that's what works for them. But I want to go back, Jerry, to, you know, Hannah not eating. I want people to understand when you're not eating, that's not a, a good thing for you to, um, uh, if you're not eating, that's not a, a healthy way for you to uh, cultivate a baby. So <laughs> that please. part, <laughs> <laughs> like child, go eat, um, please. <laughs> right, please eat. Like that is counterproductive if you're not eating. But also what Jerry was saying, um, I remember a, a message that my father preached a couple of years ago where he said, count your blessings and name them one by one. And if we sit down and if we really literally take inventory of every single thing that we have been blessed with, we won't have the time, nor the mental capacity, nor the emotional capacity to sit and focus on the one thing that we don't have. I know that, you know, in prayer, when, um, when we pray, you know, our father, which art in he- heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, when we first open up the, the prayer, we're saying our father, you know, thank you, worshiping him, you know, giving him glory for the blessings that we do have. So, mm-hmm. you know, a key to that is to be like, you know what? I may not have this baby, but I have breath in my body. I may not have this baby, but I have a husband for those of you who are married. I may not have this baby, but I have a ministry. I may not have this baby, but I have a roof over my head. I may not have this baby, but I have food on the table. I may not have this baby, but I have clothes on my back. And then eventually you're not even going to say, I may not have this baby. You're going to start saying, I have I have victory in Jesus. Um, you know, I have uh, I have health in my body because some people are dealing with cancer. Some people are dealing with, um, you know, terminal diseases. Some people are in the hospital with COVID. And I know sometimes we say, but that's not, you know, that's not the headspace I'm in. And I understand, trust me, we get it when we say, you know, but that's not my story, you know, but I'm still without a child. And we we understand that feeling. And we understand that grief because it is a, it is a, a grieving, uh, a part of a grieving process, right? Because you're grieving what you don't have. But in the same space, you can't stay there. You can't stay in that moment of, I don't have this. I don't have this. I don't have this. And it, it like, like um, Jerry said, it's a, it's a worship experience for us to say, thank you and to mm-hmm. to remind ourselves what god has given us um because god is like i'm enough i should be enough and that's even for the single woman like as we're waiting for our husband because we most of us are, want step one we want a husband before we get the baby right and so we also have to be in that headspace of god is enough right god is enough and we worship god for him and the blessings that he has for us. And that spending that time with God is so precious and it's so 
instrumental for our relationship to grow with him mm-hmm. um, and to understand that we can be a blessing to others in our, in our season of singleness, because we really do have more time to be able to share the gospel of Jesus um, and to, you know, disciple others and to encourage others, even when we ourselves need encouragement. And, um, you know, in the, the book of Philippians, Paul was in prison when he was encouraging the Philippians uh, the church uh, at Philippi. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even though he himself was not free to go out and spread the, the gospel, which is something that brought him joy, we ourselves cannot be, uh, even in our, our, our season of singleness or unmarriedness, I don't even think that's a word, but <laughs> <laughs> and in our season of not being married, this is the opportune time to spend time with God because when you become married, your your um your your attention is going to be diverted because your husband now becomes um, a part of your ministry mm-hmm. and he is the most important important part of your ministry, right? It's God and then your husband. Right now, it's just God and you, and so you don't have that added um, element in your ministry. And so, you know, take advantage of that time. We should take advantage of that time and just bless the Lord. And like Jerry said, remind ourselves that God is enough. Let's not grieve God by saying he's not enough because we don't have this husband and we don't have this baby. And trust me, I am so guilty of idolizing both of those things. Um, You know, being unmarried and idolizing wanting a baby. I think that's what we we've done right we've become um we have we have placed those things above god and so yeah totally totally understand where jerry's coming from where she's saying look god is saying to us i am enough just find joy in me and look god will work everything out trust and believe he will work everything out um you know according to his will but we have to get back in that place where god is enough and I think that we have to understand the his will part, not your will, mm-hmm. not your husband's will, not your doctor's will, but God's will. Um, so mm-hmm. I just want to go back when you said we have victory over uh, through Jesus Christ. That's an actual Bible verse. That's um, actually First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. Um, in the New King James Version, it says, "Thanks be to God." We have victory through your son, Jesus Christ. That's the whole verse. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, and so we have to understand that even in infertility, even in, you know, seasons of singleness, we still have victory. Um, infertility isn't, you know, the last thing. Being single isn't the last thing. Those are just parts of the story. Right. God's like, I got a whole story written out for your life. And you are literally just concerned about this one word. Because that, that's how it right. relates to God. Because, uh, of course, we know that to God, one day is like a thousand years. And so Absolutely. what we think is like 10, 15 years, and it's so long, and it's so hard, and it's so, 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 God is like, but it's only been a second. Mm-hmm. Let me work. And Absolutely. We have to get to a point where we let God work. And part of letting him work is not focusing so much on this one thing that we neglect everything else we're doing um because for some of us god has told us how to prepare but because we didn't see them two pink lines we was like no i'm not doing that 
And some of us did it subconsciously. We didn't even know we were doing it. But we were like, nope, uh, I'm not pregnant. So why am I going to prepare the room? God said prepare the room, but your, your room isn't prepared because you're upset. And God is like, but, but what about what I want? What about what I've asked? What about what I've commanded? And so I think we have to get out of this entitled mindset because we are very entitled at the moment. Um, And I think that once we get out of the entitled mindset, we'll see a bigger picture. But we won't do that until we kind of shift our focus and shift our mindsets. Um, That's actually something God had told me last week during our um, prayer and worship session. He said, I'm trying to transition you into a new season, but you're going to have to change your mindset. Because if you don't, you're just going to repeat the same cycles. Um, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to repeat the same cycle. That's that's not cute to me. That's not something that I really want to do. Yeah, definitely don't want to um keep going around the same mountain. Yeah, that mountain is a this this path has not been a uh, enjoyable one. Not at all. These valley seasons are not enjoyable. But what I like mm-hmm. about the valley seasons is that they're teachable moments. Um, Mm -hmm. And so no matter how hard they are, there's always a lesson in them, but it's up to us to learn the lesson. Absolutely. Because sometimes we're trying to figure out why do we keep going through this? Why do I keep feeling like this? Well, did you learn the lesson the last time, sis? Like, let's, let's just have a real conversation. Did you learn the lesson? Right. If not, that's why you keep keep going because God is not going to move you until you get it. That's right. It's always interesting to me, you know, we say that God, you know, God is going, my children are going to be blessed. My children are going to be anointed, but that comes with a price that comes with the price that the parent has to be ready. Um, And God Mm -hmm. is like, I'm not going to bless you with something so precious and you're not ready for it. I'm not about we're we're in a time where like time is really important right now. So God is like, I'm not going to waste time and you're not ready. I'd rather you get ready and then I give you something later than give it to you now you mess it up. Absolutely. Because uh, a lot of us would, let's just, we would kind of mess our kids up a little bit. Um, and I, for one, I don't want to see that happen because there's a lot of consequences, consequences in that. And so I think it's really just time for us to get it and to understand that God is enough right now. We're in process and process doesn't feel good. Like whenever something is processed, it takes a lot out of it. And that's, but we have to realize that that's okay. It's okay to have mm-hmm. to go through the, through the process. It's okay to even feel pain through, during the process. But the important part is to go through and to come out on the other side because it's on the other side. That's where the victory is. That's, that's where victory lives. But we got to get to it. And we have to understand that God is not doing this to punish us. He's not doing this because, you know, we sin so much that we're just bad people. God is like, no, I just, I want, there's something in this process that I need you to learn, like really, really learn, like it's second nature to you now that you learned it before I take you to other stuff. And so that was really um, important to me because Hannah even had a process. Hannah was going through this for years. Like she was being taunted for years and years and years and years. And each year she would stop eating. Each year she would be sad. But one year, Hannah was like, you know what? I'm tired of all this. Let me just cry. 
right and um let's just um pause and say i'm glad that the lord no longer um you know allows the multiple uh polygamy because there might have been some murder or something going on i'm just gonna be real in my, i, I okay. might have slapped a little bit <laughs> okay hello somebody i don't know how those sister wives in utah i don't know how y'all do yeah, it I don't, I don't know but, mm-hmm, i'm good, yeah, we're good one 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 husband one wife that's, that's it that's, that's all we say, need because uh, no, it was it was definitely different back then. That's that's all I can mm-hmm. say about that. It was definitely different. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, we see that Hannah had a process. I'm gonna go ahead and read in First Samuel a little bit more. It says, uh, verse nine. It says, after Elkanah asked her why she was crying. Here we are, verse nine. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli, the priest, was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow. O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give back him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Can we pause? I just don't know if I would be the t- be as an advanced Christian that says, okay, God, if you give me this, I'm not even going to keep it. I don't know if I would be able to do that. I just don't. That's true. <laughs> But we've seen this before, right? <laughs> Abraham and Isaac, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Isaac comes along, and then the Lord is like, go <laughs> sacrifice Isaac. Wait, 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 wait. What, God? Like, let's talk about this huh? real quick. We finally get this child, and you want me to kill him? Oh. Okay. Okay. No, let's be real. We would have right. been like the devil is alive. We would have put the devil all in that. We would have like, oh, no. we would have in the tongues. We would have said the devil rebuke you. We would have said all that. Exactly. And God have been like, but I'm the one that said that though. Right. <laughs> I'm the one who told you to please bring your son. But that that just goes to speak that God is just kind of seeing what we will do, right? He's like, okay, you have faith. All right, let me see what you're going to do. Even though he already knows what we're going to do. He knew Abraham was going to take Isaac up to the, that mountain. Yeah, he knew Abraham was he the right he was one. Have a the he was the right one. Right. He knew. He knew. And so that, that just goes to show that God will not put more on us for sure. Like, I know that's not scriptural um, because the, 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 the scripture actually says God won't give us more temptation than we can handle. We've been misquoting that for many forever. years. So I want y'all to go with me. Forever. <laughs> forever. But um, God won't give us what we cannot handle. And so God trusts us enough. And so we got to spend, we got to spend this, right? God trusts us enough to be like, okay, you know, you have this diagnosis or you're having troubles having a baby. I trust you enough to know what to do with this to help others get through it, right? Because even Jerry has said it herself. She's prayed for other women and they've 
conceived. Yeah. I've prayed for other women and they're married. So, you know, yeah. it's like God is like, I'm giving you this cup because I know you can handle it. And regardless of how old you are, when you get the blessing or how you get the blessing, because you also have to listen to God because God may be telling you to adopt. God may be saying, you know, there's a different way that I'm going to have give you this baby. God may also say you're going to get pregnant, but you also need to be ready for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And accept the cup that he gives you. So if he gives you a different cup and he says, you know what, you're not going to be pregnant in your belly, but you're going to be the mother of a child. Um, you're in, you'll inherit somebody's child or you'll adopt somebody's child or, you know, you will, there are so many other ways to have a baby, right? IVF or, um, you know, other, other ways. And so you've got to be open to what God is going to do for you because it is for you, whatever that is. Um, And everybody's story is not the same and it's never going to be the same. And so don't compare yourself to somebody else. I think that's another killer, right? We're all constantly comparing ourselves to each other. And our stories have never been the same. I can't tell you how many friends that I have, and I'm sure Jerry can attest to this. Your life has never looked like your friend's life, right, Jerry? Not ever. Not ever, right? <laughs> <laughs> like everything has been different from the way you're raised, from where you grow up, from you know, your calling on your life, their calling, even if y'all are both called into ministry. That calling looks different. Exactly. You know, not all my friends are worship leaders. Not all my friends are ministers of the gospel. Not all my friends wear makeup. Not all my friends um, are married with children. Not all my friends, um, you know, have uh, are single. Not all my friends are, you know. So if if our lives, all of our lives were to be the same, then all of us would be married. Right. All of us would have kids. Right. Around the same age. All of us would wear the same clothes. All of us would have the same fashion. All of us would be making the same amount of money. All of us would have the same job. And that is not how God created us. We don't all have the same personality. Right? So you can't compare apples to apples. You can't compare apples to oranges. You're you're an apple. Your friend is an orange. Call her a day. And it's okay. (laughs) Stop trying to be the orange. You can't get orange juice out of an apple exactly and i think um just to go back to you said god won't put more on us than we can handle um i think we can even take it a step further and say that god won't put more on us than he gives us strength for uh right because you know the bible verse tells us his strength is made perfect in our weakness so that means that we have to stop trying to rely on our own strength to do this. This is why this is you want to know why it hasn't been working. You want to know why you're emotionally drained. It's because you're doing it in your own strength. That's the God's honest truth. It's a hard truth, but it's the truth nonetheless. But when we trade yep. our strength for God's strength, we realize that we're a lot stronger than we are, but only when we allow God to be the strength. Only when we allow, like, all we have to do is just be. And then God is like, okay, you're there. You're doing what I asked you to do. You're walking in your lane. You're, you know, you're preparing. You're doing all this stuff. Now let me put strength on you. 
let me give you my strength mm-hmm. so that you can go through it no matter what it looks like no matter what the doctor says no matter what your diagnosis is no matter how you feel no matter what your past looks like no matter what they did no matter all this stuff like all this stuff goes into a bucket and God is like yes this bucket is heavy it's really heavy but I'm gonna lift up your heart mm-hmm. so that you don't even feel it absolutely that's how this works and so when we say God won't put more on you, it, that's only in the context of if you allow him to be your strength. Because if you try to do it right. your own, you're, God's not even putting stuff on you. You're putting it on yourself. Yep. That's exactly right. And so exactly. we have to learn how to let God be God. It's the reason why he's called the Lord of hosts, the Lord of heaven's army. Like, People in the army, they are really built like they built like for real, for real. And you can tell you can tell when somebody's in the army. God is like, I want to be that for you, but you got to let me. I, I want to be your strength. I want to be the one that fights your battles. I want I want to do all this stuff for you, but I can't do it if you're in my way. Right. Some of us really just need to get out of the way. Right. And just let God do it. And so back to the story of Hannah. So she she. Elkanah asked her, am I not enough for you? And then she goes to the priest and she goes to the tabernacle and she cries and she cries and she cries. The Bible says that she cries bitterly. That's a different type of cry, y'all. It's crying and then there's weeping and crying bitterly. It's, It's a totally different thing. And so it says that she says her prayer is, O Lord of heaven's armies, or of O Lord of hosts, depending on which version you look at, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. This is how you know you're mature. Because Hannah wanted a son so bad, she said, I want to birth him, but I'll give him back to you, Lord. Like, of course, I would love for him to live with me and grow up with me. But if that's not your will, I'll give him back to you. Just allow me to give birth. And so Hannah, Hannah reached a maturity in this point where she was like, God, you know what? Forget all the other stuff. Just allow me to birth him and I'll be good with that. Just allow me to see him from afar, to see his accomplishments, to see what he does for you from afar. And I'll be OK. I can't say that I would pray that prayer, but kudos to Hannah because she did that. Amen. That's exactly what she did. Because if you keep reading it, First Samuel, after he was born, she sent him to go live with the priest. And so we have to get to a maturity in Christ where we say, basically, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's that's the type of prayer that Hannah prayed. Mm-hmm. We have to get to a point where we want God's will to be done more than anything else. And so I teach this all the time. Do you want the baby more than you want God? Because if so, the baby right. has become an idol. That desire has become an idol. And that's something we got to deal with. Absolutely. Because uh, remember, the Bible says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. God is lit- really serious about the Bible verse, y'all. Like, that's not, that's not something that God plays about. When we start things and people above him that's when stuff starts happening that's when god that's when we see um god as lord that's when adonai comes out because so i've been studying the names of god and the characteristics of god and Mm -hmm. so when i study adonai it means lord and the word lord Mm -hmm. itself is it means authority it means Mm -hmm. uh ruler it means owner 
And so when we start putting other stuff before God, when we start having all these idols, that's when the ruler comes out. Because God's like, look, I've been your savior. I've been your redeemer. I've been your father. I've been all this stuff. But now the Lord is going to come out because clearly you're not understanding this. And so Amen. we have to be really careful not to allow our desire for a child to become our God. Because when, when that or anything else becomes our God, then we move God out of his rightful place in our lives. Yep. And I don't know about you, but I, I can't afford to do that. Um, that's just not something, that's not a risk I'm willing to take uh, because the consequences of that are dire, literally. Absolutely. And they are. They really are. And, and, and I don't think we understand just how dire they are because God's mercy is a real thing and he's been so merciful to us but at the end of the day mercy does run out mm-hmm. mercy can run out and so I don't want us to go into next year 2021 with our desire for a baby still as an idol because God is like look you're running out of time like either you're going to put me in my rightful place as your Lord and Savior and your God and your Father or you're not one or the other we're going to have to pick one going into 2021 either God is going to be our God or stuff and people and things are going to be our God we're going to have to choose that's right <clears throat> choose you today whom you Who serve that's what that's what the Bible said. And so we have to make a choice to put God above anything, because if it takes God's place, God can rightfully kill it. And that's not something that I want for us. Absolutely. not. And so, yeah, Hannah was was in the temple. She was crying very hard. She was weeping. She was just she was just upset and she was praying. Um, and verse 12 says, as she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Eli is the priest. He watched her, seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound. He thought she was crazy, y'all. Uh, he thought she had been drinking. And so he gets mad at her and says, must you come here drunk? He demanded, throw away your wine. And so Hannah responds to him. She probably, I, I imagine her looking real confused, like, sir, what are you talking about right now? I'm praying. Can't you hear me praying? Like, what are you talking about? And so Hannah said, replies and says, oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Now, there's a level of pouring out your heart when you don't even have no words. But your right. mouth is moving. That's a, that's a different level of pouring out. Like I've heard of pouring out, but that's a whole nother level. You have to like really feel some stuff to pour out on that level. And I think we have to get to a point where it's okay to, because a lot of us will we'll close up. Like when we start feeling a certain way and when we feel like God isn't hearing us, he's not answering my prayers. So what's the point of praying? The point of praying is that God hears you. That's the point. The point in praying is to have a conversation with God because prayer is a conversation. It's, it's a ongoing conversation with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so we have to get to a point in this journey where we're like, you know what? I prayed this once, twice, three times, however many times. God, I don't feel like you heard me, but I know that you did because that's what your word says. So we have to start literally praying the word back to God. 
Um, even if our feelings contradict that, because a lot of times I feel your feelings will contradict it. It's just what it is. And it's okay. Um, because, and I say this a lot, your feelings are not facts. They're valid, but they're not facts. So you can feel a way and it not be true. It's true. And that's okay. And so we have to get to a point in our relationship with God and even on this journey where we understand that even though I feel like God doesn't hear me, I know that he does because his word tells me he does. We have to get to a point where we say, okay, you know what? I, I feel some type of way because that's, you know, that's our favorite phrase now. I just feel some type of way. Right. And God is like, okay, you can feel how you feel, but the fact still remains. I hear you. Mm-hmm. And I'm working on it. And so not just working on it. He's already worked on it. So yeah, because, you know, he's he's in the future. We just here. We here yeah. and we know the past. That's we it. Just ain't we up yet. We, we ain't caught up. Yet. That's it. He's already done it. So, you know, if we ask anything in his will, he will do it. That is scripture. That is first John five fourteen. God hears you. When we pray and when we ask anything in his will, he hears us. So you definitely just have to, you got to pray. You got to wait. You got to pray. Like my my grandmother says, pray about it and put it in a bucket. But you can't let it overwhelm your life. You can't over let the desire for having a baby overtake your life. No, because when that happens, then you're not, you're not even living anymore. Mm Mm-mm. When something something begins to overtake your life, you stop living. You just literally start existing for that one thing. And God is like, but I have so much more for you. I have this ministry idea that I put in your heart, but you're not even you, you're not even considering it because you're not pregnant. You're so focused on having a baby and doing the IVF treatments and doing this and doing that that the 10 other things that I have for you, I'm trying to bless you abundantly. And you're so focused on this one thing. Now, laser focus, that is a great thing, especially when it comes to God, but we have to be, have laser focus on the right thing. Um, I think we have to have laser focus on God himself Mm -hmm. and not the blessing. Some of us have focused on the blessing so much that God is like, but I'm here. I want to spend time with you. I want to tell you some secrets. I want to talk to you. I just want to be in your presence. And you're like, no, I got to do this, 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 and this. We're missing the mark. Um, And so my encouragement today is go back to the last thing God told you, whatever that was. That has nothing to do with your fertility, I, I might add. Go back because... Yes, God said you're going to have a baby. Yes, the prophets prophesied it. Yes, the baby shows up in your dreams. Yes, you think about being pregnant. Yes, it's a desire in your heart. But guess what? God has more. Um, And if we spend all of our time focused on the baby aspect of our lives, we'll miss the more. We'll miss the actual abundant life that God wants to give us because we're so focused on that. And so that's not something that I want us to do because God Amen. is a very generous God. Um, he 
loves he loves us so much and he wants to bless us but we got to get this thing right we got to tear down the idols we got to tear down the strongholds we got to stop being so focused on one thing because god has so much more yeah how you feel Um, about it when you become um consumed with one thing then that kind of um um, I don't know. I'll 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 put it this way. I don't know if you if anybody has seen Acrimony. Not my most favorite Tyler Perry movie, but um, I haven't seen. Not that. my favorite, but I will say this: um, Taraji Hin- P Henson. And spoiler alert, if you have not seen it, but basically <laughs> she becomes so laser focused on the fact that she missed out on the life that she thought she was supposed to have with her ex-husband because he finally becomes like this rich and and famous inventor. And even so, you know, I, you know, she, she was deserving to have this moment with him um, because, you know, she basically funded everything for him to get to the point of being this rich inventor. But because she was so laser focused mm-hmm. on what and, and he paid her back and, you know, he was like, I'm giving you this money. Da, 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 da. But she she got like 10 million dollars. But she was so focused on the fact that she no longer had this man that, you know, she helped get to where he was. And it partially was her fault because she was like, I want the divorce. Um, but she was so focused on that thing that she lost herself she lost her mind she went crazy mm. she was trying to kill everybody you know that kind of stuff so oh lord we can't what 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 i'm saying is as believers that one thing can't consume us because if it consumes us it becomes a cancer right, right? it becomes something that sucks the life out of mm-hmm. us and we can't move forward and we can't move forward in what God is trying to push us into. And so I agree with Jerry in that we've got to get to the point where we just trust God 100% and let him know like, hey, you know what? I'm going to still, you know, I'm going to walk in whatever you called me to walk in. The desire for me to have a baby has not died. That doesn't, that didn't die. But there's a different way to cultivate it without it becoming your idol. So still, you know, go and decorate that baby room. Get that, get that, that baby bag. Um, you know, get the onesie that says, I prayed for you. Um, you know, get those things, but don't let it become an obsession. Don't um, let it interrupt your marriage. Don't let it interrupt your ministry. And that goes for the husband too, for those who are married. You know, make sure that your husband, you and your husband are talking about it all the time. Um, in a, a healthy way, not in a way where, you know, every time y'all have sex, y'all feel like it's a job instead of making love um, because y'all are married and y'all love one another. Um, you know, not making that that part of your intimacy a job just to make a baby, right? So, you know, just um, right. getting to that point of, okay, you know, and doing it responsibly. Cause you know, I know oh, ovulation, you're watching your ovulation cycle. I get that. Um, but listen, this is, why I have banned ovulation, mm-hmm. um, calendars, like 
Last year, my daughter asked me, do you know any? I was like, no, and I don't want to know because it will literally drive me crazy, ma'am. No, ma'am. If it is in his will, yes. he will do it for you. Because that's the key. That right there is the key. Mm-hmm. If it's in his mm-hmm. will, he will do it. And also, if it's mm-hmm. in, if it's the right time. Um, because in Luke chapter 1, we see that Zacharias and, um, Zachariah and Elizabeth, it says that they were blameless in, blameless in God's sight, but they were old. And mm-hmm. they had not conceived until then. Um, so sometimes it's not about you know, what you did or didn't do. It's not about what you want. It's about God's timing. And so when we understand that literally everything happens in the timing that God wants it to happen, then we can kind of go a little bit better about this journey and say, okay, Lord, I'm not pregnant this month. So apparently it's not your timing. So show me what this, this season is for me. Absolutely what I'm supposed to be doing in this season if it's not giving birth if it's not raising a baby okay I'll accept that just show me what I am supposed to be doing because some of us are trying to birth in seasons where we need to be doing something else and we have we have to ask God and consult him and use discernment Mm -hmm. to what that something else is because what we don't want to do is be so consumed and idolize this thing so much that we take it out of God's hands and place it into our own. Absolutely. And then we birth something out of season. Because that's dangerous. Because that's dangerous. So dangerous. That is so dangerous. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, guys. So we want to talk about Hannah today and just kind of give you a new perspective um, about Hannah's story because we can all relate to Hannah's story. We can all relate to feeling taunted. We can all relate to, you know, just crying so much. And and it's okay. It's, it's okay if you can relate to that. But now after you relate to it, ask God to give you wisdom on how to change that. Ask God to give you wisdom on what it is you're supposed to be birthing in this season. Ask him to give you wisdom on what it is you're supposed to be doing right now and how to prepare. No, Any last thoughts, good. Alicia? Yeah, okay. So, Alicia, can you absolutely. end us in prayer today? Absolutely, absolutely. Abba, <clears throat> um, we just thank you so much, God. You are just so amazing and just so on time and um, so perfect and Thanks. so wonderful. And just, God, you know, if we really literally had 10,000 tongues, it really would not be enough to say thank you. And so we worship you for the blessings that we do have. We thank you for what you have given us. We thank you for just um, breath in our body because, Lord, we can't even take that for granted. And so, God, we thank you for that. And so, God, I pray for every woman, for every man who listens to this broadcast, who listens to this podcast, God. I pray that it will be a blessing to them, God. I pray that not only be a blessing to them, but a blessing to Jerry and myself as well. Lord, as your word goes forth, Lord, I pray that it will not return void, as you said in your word. And Lord, I pray a special anointing for those who are listening to these podcasts, God. I pray 
that they will um, feel a spirit of peace and calm in their spirits, Father God, that they will feel as though they are not being left behind, Father God, that they will trust your timing, that they will trust your word, that they will trust your prophecies over their lives, Father God, that they will trust you and remember that you are enough, Father God. I pray that they will embrace their season, walk in their purpose, walk in their calling, and embrace that you are are enough that you are more than enough and that they will fall in love with you on a whole nother level and so god i pray for patience god i pray that they will not get weary in well-doing because if they if they faint not they will see the goodness of you in the land of the living And so, God, we thank you for your many promises that you have for us in in your word. God, we thank you that your word is true and that you are not a man that should lie. And so, God, we give you honor. We give you glory. And we thank you for the blessings of babies. Father God, we thank you for open wombs. God, we thank you for um, bodily functions that are working normally, Father God, for um, Things yes, that are, are going on in the Jesus. men's body and the women's body. God, we thank you for being Jehovah Rapha and healing us so that those things can occur in yes, your time. Lord. And so, God, we thank you. We give you honor. We give you glory. It's in Jesus' matchless name that we pray. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, we just come and we say thank you again, Lord. Lord, we say, we say thank you just for being you, God. You are our Father. You are our Lord. You are our healer. You are our protector, God. You are our everything. And we come to you and say thank you, Father God. God, we just ask that you forgive us right now. Lord, we repent for making our desire for babies an idol, oh God. We repent for knocking you down and putting things above you, oh God. We repent, oh God, for not doing as you have asked of us, oh God. We repent, oh God, for focusing so much on the one thing that we neglected to see everything else that you have done and are doing in our lives, oh God. But we mm-hmm. ask for your forgiveness once today, oh God. We ask that you forgive us for all the things that we have done that were not in your will, oh God. We ask that you forgive us for saying the mm-hmm. things against you, oh God. We ask for forgiveness for, for neglecting to talk to you and to pray to you simply because we were upset and in our feelings, oh God. We ask for forgiveness, oh God, for not, for not being the children that you have called us to be, oh God. And so, Lord, we thank you because your grace does abound. We thank you, oh God, mm-hmm. for grace and mercy on today, oh God. We thank you, Lord, that even when we neglected you, even when we doubted you, oh God, your grace and mercy was mm-hmm. still available to us, oh God. So, Lord, we just come and we cry out, Abba, thank you. We thank you, oh God, because you never left us. We thank you that you were the father in the prodigal son story, oh God, holding out your hand to us as we ran back to you as we realized our mistakes oh God you never hold held it against us oh God instead you just held out your arms and hugged us because you were glad that we were safe and you were glad that we were coming back to you so thank Abba you we say thank you one today 
Lord, we just thank you simply just for who you are. We thank you for the beauty of your majesty, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that you are our God and our Lord. We thank you, Father, that you love us so much and that we are your children adopted in your kingdom, oh God. We thank you that we have relationship with you, oh God. And because of that relationship with you, we thank you that we can lay our burdens down at your feet and we never have to pick them up again, oh God. Lord, we surrender all to you right now. We surrender every hurt. We surrender every heartache, oh God. We surrender our emotions, oh God. We surrender that anger, oh God. We surrender bitterness, oh God. We surrender jealousy, oh God. Lord, we surrender it all to you on today, oh God. And Lord, we ask that you deal with our hearts, oh God. As we move into 2021, oh God, deal with our hearts, oh God. Show us where we went wrong, oh God. Show us how we have made things our idols, oh God. Show us oh God how we have let jealousy rule and fester in our hearts oh God show us oh God and Lord as you show us make us new clean us up oh God clean our hearts oh God disinfect us oh God in the name of Jesus so Lord we just thank you because we know that it's already done we know that as soon as we said we surrendered God you started working even before that God you were working in and through us oh God so Lord we thank you for your perfect work that you are performing within us oh God we thank you that even though we'll never be perfect your will is we thank you for your perfected will oh God and Lord we trust you again we trust your timing oh God we trust your process oh God we trust your your word oh God over our lives oh God we trust that when the time is right we will give birth when the time is right we will become mothers when the time is right we will raise our children to know you so Lord give us discernment Lord, when we start start making this desire and idol again, remind us of this moment. Remind us of the surrender, oh God. Remind us that we made you our Lord. And because we made you our Lord, you have rule and reign over our lives, oh God. So Lord, do whatever it is you see fit. We surrender it all to you, Lord. We no longer have an agenda about our journeys, oh God. Instead, oh God, we, our only agenda is to please you. Our only agenda is to praise and to worship you. Our only agenda is to give you glory. Because God, if you don't get glory out of this, then it is absolutely pointless. So God, we want your glory to be revealed. We want your glory to be in our stories, oh God. We want your glory to be in our everyday lives, oh God. Show us how to do that. Show us how to walk. Walk this journey out in a way that you get the glory and not us, oh God. Not us, oh God. So God, we just say thank you. We love you so much and we are so grateful for you. We are so grateful that you didn't throw us away like we did you. We are so grateful that even when we tried to throw you away, you still showed up for us time after time after time again. So God, we just say thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, that died on the cross. We thank you that by his stripes, we are healed, oh God. We thank you for the manifestation of that healing, oh God. We thank you, oh God, that the healing is not just physical, but it's also spiritual, mental, and emotional, oh God. We thank you that we can go into next year healed and whole in the name of Jesus. So God, have your way in our lives. Have your way in the lives of the people around us, oh God. Let your light shine through us so that when people encounter us, they automatically encounter you, oh God. And so Lord, we ask each of these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Ooh, all right. 
So, y'all, that concludes this week's episode of the Journey to Motherhood podcast. As always, if you are on a journey to motherhood, if you are trying to conceive, if you are dealing with infertility, miscarriage, or infant loss, we invite you to uh, Womb Prep's private Facebook group. This is the group where it gets real. Uh, what y'all get in this hour session is what we do literally all day long. This is how we do Womb Prep. So we invite you to um, be a member of our group. This is where we pray for you, where you can vent, where you can cry. But also get the encouragement and the prayer you need. So if you are interested in that, just go to facebook.com slash groups slash prep and we will get you added. Uh, we love you guys and we will talk to you all Bye. next week. God Bye. Bless.